Welcome to episode four, season two of the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Blondin. You've reached the over undie poppy, proppy, proppy, proppy podcast where we're going to go through some over unders, we're going to go through some props, and we're going to have some fun. And if you missed it, episode three, season two, we went through each game, each spread, gave winners. If you haven't listened, take a listen. And you have, if you have listened, go back and listen again. Just do it on a different platform. Pump up my numbers. So welcome to the Overrated Experience. For those who have not been here and listened to us before, this is a sports betting podcast from a square point of view. We are looking to take action on most events, but we also dive into sporting news and give our opinion. But uh, for the next few months, ideally... We're going to dedicate the majority of the podcast time to NFL action, NFL batting action. And again, like I said in episode three, I hope your week one was profitable. Hope you enjoyed yourself. But like you and like me, you were probably overwhelmed with so many options and getting excited to throw money on anything. You probably had some learning lessons coming out of week one. I know I had. Although the overrated sports betting experience was successful Decently successful for the spreads. Not so much in the over-unders last week. We'll get into that. And also somewhat lukewarm on the uh, props. We'll get into that. And we talked about the over-unders, you know, going commando because we weren't giving out any undies. Well, the weather's changing, man. It's kind of flapping in the wind. So you might notice some tidy whities having to go back on uh, this old uh, podcaster to give your picks this week. So watch out for that. But first, we come off of the start of week two. The Minnesota Vikings visited the Super Bowl finalist Philadelphia Eagles in a game that was, uh, just a quick recap here, a spread of six. I don't know how it landed on six. The game ended 34-28. Eagles had uh, some real, you know, big leads, was controlling, and Minnesota chipped away. So just some uh, news and notes from my observations from that game was Minnesota was in this game. The turnovers, 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 turnovers were a huge problem for Minnesota on many sides of the ball. Four fumbles lost on the Minnesota side. And I, you know, Kirk Cousins did not throw us interception. He did give up a fumble, but uh, really, really eye-opening. Some of the a game given away by the Vikings, a key fumble by Jefferson out of the back of the over the pylon, not even the back of the end zone, but considered in, through the end zone. So that could have been a scoring opportunity. Uh, really, really unfortunate for the Vikings. But if you watch that game, there are some news and notes about the Vikings' performance. One. Justin Jefferson, predictably for the majority of all fantasy drafts, number one player taken, number one fantasy player, and you can see why. He's the best athlete out on that field. I don't care what cornerback you throw on him or what defensive scheme you're going to throw on him. You may slow him down slightly, but he is a monster out there. He is a megastar, and maybe he's uncoverable. Yeah, and over the long term of a full game. Outstanding catches yesterday, despite the fumble through the end zone. Difference maker. You know Cousins is going to him with the ball. And really, if you look at uh, you know how more exciting play, it was on the Vikings side of the ball as they threw the ball downfield. Hawkinson looked pretty good. You got that combo with Hawkinson at tight end. Uh, and then you got uh, Justin Jefferson and some of those other weapons like the running game needs to pick up. There's no question on that. 
if they can establish a run game, they will absolutely be dominant. This uh, They will turn this season around. And do not count them out of the division. I know Detroit's the... Uh, you know, everybody's uh, favorite now, Dan Campbell, and the big win over Kansas City. But don't count the Vikings out. they got a tough schedule, but they'll hang in there. And I think the Lions will drop back at some point as well. So keep an eye out for the Vikings. But, man, the Philadelphia Eagles ran the ball. Ran the ball down the throat of the Detroit Lions. Now, I even think as the game was progressing, as the Eagles were running the ball, that they didn't believe it would work this well. You know, and how could you believe if, if, if Swift, uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, former Lion, runs for 175 yards and each carry was six or seven, seven, eight, six or seven, seven, eight. These were, these were not 30 yard uh, runs down the field. He was chipping away big chunks. He had a big, obviously, longest was 43 yards, but if you watch the game, a lot of it was tearing up and not being able to stop Swift. And then you got Boston Scott and uh, Rashad Penny and even Jalen Hurts. He was okay running the ball, but Hurts uh, was pretty much ineffective. And he, they didn't need to go to the air. So if you've witnessed last night as well, as the Eagles had this game in hand, A.J. Brown, receiver for the Eagles, you can see him yapping and complaining and whining, like really being a, a little bitch on the sideline, to be very honest. You know what I mean? I know receivers need to promote, sell, advocate for more action, for more uh, targets. But in this case, are you blind? You could see that you're running and pounding the football with that huge offensive line. You have the game in control. Minnesota had no answer. No answer at all for the uh, Eagles run. And I don't know why A.J. Brown on the sideline is picking that moment to say, hey, throw me the ball. Dipshit. Look what's happening on the field. Like, look what's happening on the field. The goal is to win the game. Your time will come. And what did the Eagles do? They started to try to force feed him the ball the next series after that interaction on the sideline. Ridiculous. That could, Honestly, that might have been a window for the Vikings to come back in. Maybe that was the main reason because they could have kept pounding the ball. Pounding the ball. But they had to try to find... AJ Brown to make him happy. Watch out for that. Watch for that to play out. He's gotten paid. He's got money, right? They just went to a Super Bowl. They have like I don't know what he's doing and what his he he should be embarrassed on the reaction on the sideline. All right, and before I forget, you can follow the Overrated Experience Sports Betting Podcast on Twitter at Overrated E X P E R two. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Overrated Experience. Please join. Check it out. Uh, I, the more you join, the more people. I'm going to put more content to see that this is growing. So the more the merrier. Please, please join. And uh, again, this podcast is going to focus a lot of the over-unders and a lot of the props heading into the weekend. All right, where do we begin? Well, we begin looking back at last week. And my philosophy last week was to go full commando, no undies here, all overs, five overs, and out of five, I had one victory. One victory. And uh, the 49ers, Pittsburgh, didn't pan out, 41 and a half, under. Tennessee, New Orleans, field goal fest, under. Vegas and Denver, under. 
just pathetic play. Bills, Jets, under. No Rodgers. Aaron, uh, Josh Allen play crap. Miami, San Diego, no problem. Way over. But 20% so far, one for five and counting going into week two. Props, three for uh, six for 13, solid, I guess you could say 46%. Need to do better there. As we get into what we're looking at for week two, and here we go. So get your pens and papers out. I should get some overrated pencils and hand them out to you guys, and you can make notes. All right, heading into week two. There is a game I'm all in on when it comes to an over. All in. Not just slightly in. All in. 100%. And if I got to go by recency bias and I got to go by recency, um, a recent game, and that is the Seattle Seahawks heading to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Seattle and Detroit met up last year in Detroit. Do you guys remember that? Because I do, because I lost a bet on that because I had the Lions, assholes. Seattle beat the Detroit Lions 48-45. 48-45. How ridiculous is that? So what do you think I like going into this week? Take a moment to pause and think about that. The over-under is 47 and a half. And I just mentioned last year, Seattle alone scored 48 points. So you know I love the over on this one. Love the over. Go on commando on this one. No undies here. All right, this is going to be, you'll recognize this game when we talk about props because there's a lot of action going on. Seattle, Detroit, over 47 and a half. And I got again, I mentioned the game finished 48-45 last year. Geno Smith's passing, passing yards were 320 yards. Jared Goss were 378 yards. There was like 100-plus rushing yards for both teams. Uh, Metcalf for the Seahawks had over 49, 149 yards uh, receiving. Hawkinson had a tight end who now is in Minnesota, had 179 yards receiving. This game was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. And I think it's going to happen again. So take the over, 47.5 points. Now, moving on to a game where I don't have that recency bias and I have a, I don't have much to go on other than my hunch and good looks here is uh, Green Bay taking on Atlanta. Jordan Love, second game, coming off a win over the Bears. Desmond Ritter coming off a win over Carolina. Not impressive, at least in the Desmond Ritter part. Jordan Love, fine. Okay, solid. This is at a 40 and a half on turf, on the fake turf in Atlanta. And I think that's way too low. Minus 110, by the way. So I like this game to go over. I do like the fact that uh, there'll probably be more of a role for uh, B. John Robinson for the Atlanta Falcons. He scored a touchdown last week, but was not their main guy. But I see him getting more of a workload. I do see turnovers in this game. I do see field, bad field position that turns into points. And I think they will limp over the 40 and a half. So no undies here. Now, we also get into the Kansas City Chiefs and Jacksonville Jaguars. Last week, the Kansas City Chiefs receiving core let Patrick Mahomes down. Lost an opening night against the Detroit Lions. And Travis Kelsey, who missed game one, Looks to be pretty much coming back. It, I don't think it's written in stone that he's going to be on the field. He's been in practice. 
All right. Same with Jones, a pass rusher uh, for Kansas City. So things are looking up. But, but, this is the game where I got to put on those tidy whities You know, if the line is at 51 and a half, 51 and a half over under, I've shifted to look at the under. Yep, sorry. You know, I, I, I apologize. I might have to change to the underrated experience podcast instead of the overrated. But when I look at the game here, I look at what might be in Andy Reid's mind as far as game plan. I got to believe he wants to stick to the ground and control the clock, right? And I don't see them giving up points, especially early, if a field goal will do. So I, I think the strategy and the way to win this game is going to be ball control and stay ahead early and control the narrative and force Jacksonville to go to the air. I think Jacksonville will put up a fight. I think you may land in the 40s, but I'm going to take the under on this one. I know you're disappointed, but uh, we're going to we're going to go with the under on this one. So tidy whitey time in the KC Jacksonville game. Now we move on to Washington taking on the Denver. I was going to say Nuggets. No, that's a real team. But the Denver Broncos, who choked and could not knock off the Raiders last week at home, get another chance at 38.5 points against the Washington Commanders. And I'm going to ask you, is the Commanders not the worst? Out of 32 teams in the NFL, is this not the worst name for a franchise, the Commanders? We've experienced it now for two years. This is awful. Like, I don't know what moron said, yeah, that's the name. You know, Washington Football Club or team would have been better. Washington Commanders, the dumbest name in sports, to be honest. So, you know, take it for what that is. But I do like this game. It's now creeped up to 39 and a half. It was originally 38 and a half. And oh, by the way, we're using FanDuel for the over-unders. I like this game to go over. And I like, you know, uh, Russell Wilson to move the ball. Sean Payton gets uh, another week to correct things. Uh, Howell for the Commanders. I, a couple turnovers here and there. This, they got to be scoring points in the mile high, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it. Anything under 40 piques my interest. That's one of, It's like pizza back in the day was, it's my kryptonite. If I see a low over-under, I tend to go right at it and think, you know, hammer the over. So that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to take this game over 39 and a half, Washington, Denver, over. But moving on to the fifth and final game for the over-unders, this one's going to be another pair of tidy whities or fruit of balloons or whatever underwear you want to wear over the current tidy whities, and that is the Baltimore-Cincinnati game. Baltimore-Cincinnati division rival. I There's something not right, I think, with Joe Burrow after coming off the calf injury. You know, under 100 yards against, you know, the Cleveland Browns. I, I don't see him firing the ball. Uh, you know, it's it's just... I, 46 and a half, I think, in a divisional type matchup. I think we're looking at a field goal type game here. Field position, and maybe something a little more than we've seen in the Cleveland-Cincinnati game, but I don't think that far off. And you look on the Ravens' side, they got a lot of weapons, but still, 
uh, head to the, you know, hit the ground and, you know, field position for them. So I think 46 and a half in this kind of game is too low. And I'm going to go the double undie undie. And they're going to double undie unders on this one. So to recap, love, love Seattle, Detroit over 47 and a half. Green Bay, Atlanta over 40 and a half. Kansas City, Jacksonville, tidy whitey under 51 and a half. Over in the Washington-Denver game, 39.5. Baltimore-Cincinnati, divisional matchup. Yep, stack on another pair of underwear, uh, long johns. 46.5 under. So there's your over-under plays. Now we get into the props for a lot of you fantasy players like uh, player bets. Uh, Here we go. So, player props, here we go. Week 2. I talked about the Cincinnati-Baltimore game being low scoring. I talked about Joe Burrow, 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 having less than, you know, he had 82 yards passing last game. And that's that's a sign to me. He didn't get sacked a lot either. I think it was what, two, what, two sacks maybe? And that tells me that with he's still banged up and he's looking to get rid of that ball as soon as possible and not hang in the pocket which will traditionally get you those, you know, broken coverages, uh, be able to hit, you know, Jamar Chases or uh, Higgins uh, of the world. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think he, I think the Bengals don't wake up till at least week three. And I think they come to this game and underperform. And for Joe Burrow to go from 82 yards to 263 and a half in this type of matchup where the Ravens, you know, have a, you know, you know this guy and have a, you know, good defense. I don't see it happening. So I'm going to take the under on passing yards for Joe Burrow, 263 and a half, minus 110. Now props are going to be via the Bet365 as they allow or show more props than any other service that I see. So just to note, the props are based on Bet365 while the, the uh, over-unders are based on FanDuel. Now, heading to the KC-Jacksonville game, uh, I think I spotted a line that, or a prop that looks a little undervalued uh, here. And I like uh, I like the fact that Calvin Ridley, a former Jacksonville Jaguar, I'm sorry, former Atlanta Falcon, who was suspended because of gambling, is now back, and I'm gambling on him as an Atlanta Falcon. Man, as a Jacksonville Jaguar. So his receiving yards are 68.5 at minus 110, and you look back at last week, Jacksonville's first game against Indy, he was targeted eight times with 101 receiving yards. What you're trying to hope for here is that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to look at him as his go-to guy. So I like the over there at 68 and a half yards. We move on to the Las Vegas Raiders heading into Orchard Park to take on the Buffalo Bills. And man, have you ever been to a Bills game uh, in, in winter? It's, it's fucking cold man so just to keep that in mind um and if you have never been to a football game i would say i liked it you know uh i enjoyed my times going to tailgating and uh you know all the fun stuff like, like traveling to go there but don't kid yourself majority of nfl games are hostile environments if you there's no shortage of footage on youtube of people just getting smoked beat up uh fights breaking out in the stand like vicious fights there was one in the Washington game last week where the dude, I don't know why he's wearing a Ravens jersey, but he's down. He's actually getting held and beat up, and he got charged. And he got punched out. 
So, I mean, it's I don't look at it as a family event, to be very honest. But, uh, you know, it's it's worth trying, but uh, watch out. Uh, so just I'll give you that warning. So the Vegas Raiders heading to Buffalo. Jimmy G, which, again, he's on the injury report. He's, he's banged up. What a shock, right? Jimmy G banged up. I don't see him lasting throughout this game. You know, he threw for 200 yards in a victory in Denver. And now he's banged up. And now we're going to Buffalo. So 231 and a half yards. I'm going to take the under on that for Jimmy G. Is not going to come through. Jimmy G is probably going to be out of that game. Probably by the fourth quarter. So bank on that under. The game I love. I told you. The Seattle Seahawks take on Detroit. This is an all-offensive war. And I will probably quit gambling if it ends 6-3. You know, a battle of field goals. But Seattle, Detroit. I got a whole bunch of props here. Game props, player props, etc. So here we go. You got, I'm going to, have to give you a second to get your notepad. Check, you know, check some of this off. Write it down. Record it. Rewind it. Whatever you need to do. Seattle, Detroit. So here we go. I got like seven plays here. Passing yards. Over. 533 and a half yards. Passing touchdowns. Over. Three and a half. Geno Smith, passing yards, 246 and a half, minus 110. Let me just think about this one. Yep, you got it. It's the over. Jared Goff, 265 and a half, minus 110. What do you think? Over, of course. Amon St. Brown, over 77 and a half yards. Metcalf, 62 and a half yards, receiving over. And by the way, that St. Brown one was also receiving at 77 and a half yards. Jared Goff, longest pass, 37 and a half yards over. Got it? Minus 115. So that is many overs. So I'm just going to say the over is on the pass, 533 yards and a half. Passing touchdowns over three and a half. Geno Smith over passing for 246 and a half. Jared Goff over 265 and a half. Passing Amon St. Brown over 77 and a half passing yards, re- receiving yards. Metcalf over 62 uh, and a half receiving yards. And Jerichoff, longest pass over 37 and a half yards. A couple more plays to, to end us off for episode four is San Francisco 49ers, who took care of the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, take on the 1 and 0 LA Rams. Surprising. So the prop that I like here, and I think these are, you got to look at the best players and the consistent players. And if they do not make these props, you say too bad this week and move on to next week and look at it again. You know, uh, Justin Jefferson last night had uh, 97 and a half, at least the book I was using at that time, 97 and a half yards receiving. And uh, he blew that away with 159 yards receiving. And he's one of those players. Christian McCaffrey is another one of those players. Christian McCaffrey at 97 and a half rushing and receiving yards. He he crushed, you know, he only had like 17 uh, receiving yards last week, but the rest to make up that 169 were through short passes, long runs, and uh, sorry, rushing yards and a couple of receiving yards, but he could go either way. That 169 could flip to receiving versus rushing. So at 97 and a half yards, I don't care. Go for it. You know that Aaron Donald will be putting pressure on Brock Purdy, and there's going to be a lot of dump-offs. And guess who that's going to? McCaffrey. McCaffrey, man. He's your boy. So 97.5 over. Jets, Dallas. Jets are fucked. 
right? Aaron Rodgers done, Achilles surgery, he's done for the year. Maybe his career, I doubt it, you'll probably see him back. They're banking on Zach Wilson. You got to know that they're saying Zach Wilson. He's the best thing. He's going to be our guy. But you know they're burning up the phone lines and trying to find somebody. They're trying to find, you know, probably bring Joe Montana out of retirement. You know they talked to Tom Brady at some point and they backed up a truck of money. You know that's happening. So you know that Phillip Rivers has been contacted. You know every quarterback under the sun because they know Zach Wilson's a fraud. And he's always been a fraud. And, and I had hopes for him coming out of BYU, but he's a fraud. And he's going to get crushed in Dallas. So uh, that being said, it's not my prop's not going to be on that. It's going to be on uh, Dak Prescott has a low passing total of 214.5. Yes, the Jets defense is lights out. They are ridiculous. But over four quarters of where, you know, they can't move the ball in their punting. And, you know, one little dump off to Pollard or, you know, a C.D. Brown and all the other weapons. You tell me that Dak Prescott can't reach 214 and a half passing yards against the Jets? Come on. Let's come on. That's way too low. There's value there. Last but not least, again, I just talked about Justin Jefferson and Christian McCaffrey as go-to on a weekly basis. They're high totals for receiving and passing, etc. Uh, sorry, for receiving and uh, rushing and the, and the receiving side of things. Tyreek Hill is still at 84.5 yards against the New England Patriots at minus 110. He had 215 yards receiving last week. You go to the well here until it dries up. Tyreek Hill is... Like, like again, up there with McCaffrey and Justin Jefferson as the most impactful non-quarterbacks in the NFL. Then you cannot turn down an 84 and a half when this guy's consistently 100 to 200 yards a game. You just can't. So that's the money play right there. Dolphins, New England, Tyreek Hill over 84 and a half yards receiving, minus 110. Well, that's it. That's all you got. And like I said, if you haven't listened to episode three to look at the spreads, go back, listen on Apple Play, Spotify, CastBox, whatever you want to listen to. I would appreciate the support. So you know what? The pleasure's been all yours today, as it was a few days ago. And I'll talk to you later. We're over and out. 